Join me, Sean Haney, and Gary Chambers as we cover all things fitness. That's the Fit Farmer Podcast, available on realagriculture.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Fit Farmer Podcast on realagriculture.com. Welcome to the Fit Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Haney, and joined by my co-host, it is Gary Chambers out of Drumheller, Alberta. Hey, Gary, how are you? Good, Sean. How are you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing fantastic. It's hard to believe 2021 is here. A lot has really changed, or or maybe some of the trends that we saw in 2020 have just absolutely blown up and uh, become very, very much mainstream. We're going to talk about those 2021 trends ahead on today's episode. Uh, let's get off to the, the first one. And, and you mentioned this last year about how online training, the idea of watching on your TV, your laptop, your tablet, and training by yourself was really gaining momentum. With all the shutdowns during COVID, man, it, that is fully mainstream. The growth has been amazing. Yeah, it's exploded in, in all regards. I mean, um, online virtual training for the obvious reasons of convenience. And I think as rural people and, and in farm communities, we're really reaping the benefit of this explosion and investment in in health and wellness online, um, everything from, you know, the Peloton to, to Zwift um, to Climduro, uh, all of these virtual races, these virtual competitions are huge um, and they're going to keep growing and, and the, the money is pouring into them and it's only going to get better in 2021. And for us in the rural areas, we're winning. I mean, we can, we can sign up in anybody with anybody and get trained by the best in the world. Yeah. You know, I think it's a great point, Gary, because, you know, historically you had, you had to be in New York or LA or somewhere big city in between to go to some of these high end spin classes or training classes. And, and now no matter where you are, you, you kind of get the same, you get the same experience. And so it kind of takes away a little bit of that real disadvantage, but, the, the downside is it, it can be a little bit difficult possibly for somebody in a smaller town that's got a fitness studio to compete with some of that technology, especially when they're shut down during the pandemic. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it is had a little lag there. Uh, yeah. It is really challenging, but I think that if nothing else, the fitness industry and the people working within it have shown a lot of resilience in 2020 and they've they've shifted and they've adapted. And if they had a bricks and mortar facility, they're using that as a great platform or a springboard to online training. And they're utilizing that space that they're paying for and offering even more enhanced fitness programs uh, from it. And I think there will be room for both in 2021. Um, you know, it's not just going to be virtual. There's still a human element to all of health and wellness that's important. And since we can't be together physically, um, they're going to use their spaces to their advantage as long as they can. In fact, even last night on the news, I saw one of the parkour parlors in Calgary, you know, consolidated into one location and is offering selling parkour packages to parents so that their kids can practice parkour. And then they teach it through that one location. Mm -hmm. So they're adapting. The other night I was walking my dog and I almost got run over by an older lady on an e-bike, these electric pedal yes. bikes. Are, are these yes. really, they're, they're super expensive. 
Um, yes. But they, they obviously do serve a purpose of uh, you can go a lot faster uh, and it doesn't require yeah. just your own physical labor. Are, are these a good fitness tool, Gary, or is it kind of cheating? <laughs> well, e-bikes touch a bit of a nerve with me as a cyclist. Um, but if I step back from the big picture of it as a cyclist, I think they are valuable and they're going to continue to grow in 2021. Um, there's been a lot of investment in them. The bike companies, the bike shops, they're pushing them hard. Uh, like you said, they are expensive. So there's good money in that business. But it's opening um, a lot of available options, whether it be, like you say, just in general, people going out and riding in their communities. It's opening access to trails that maybe people weren't fit enough to ride before. Now, whether they have the experience to descend them is a different uh, question. But I do think that e-bikes are here to stay. And I do think they provide some value. You know, I have, I have friends in the cycling community that as they age, they still want to go where they used to ro- ride. They still want to ride with some of their friends that maybe are fitter and faster. So they're picking up an e-bike and riding you know, along in the group rides with a little bit less effort, but it's still far more activity than a lot of people are getting. And if that's what it takes to get them out on a bike, I'm sure, you know, many people with the number of sales, there's a lot of people out there who simply wouldn't be riding if it wasn't on an e-bike. Yeah, you know, I think I'm I'm based in Lethbridge, Alberta. The the city is separated by the Old Man River. And it it is a, a, it's a climb, to get from one yeah. side of the city to another. That, that's where for, I think, some of the more elderly portion of the population, they can enjoy cycling and still get across, you know, still get up that hill, which it's a climb. You know, I, I, I do it frequently and you got to work at it. So I see where it really, what you're talking about there really serves a purpose for certain parts of the, uh, the population. And, and certain locations, you know, uh, uh, you know, my sister, she lives in, she has a place in Sycamus, a very hilly, obviously place. And she had knee surgery years ago. Uh, loves to ride a bike, but she can get down to town, but can't get back up with groceries and such. Normally, some of those people would be driving, you know, they're using these e-bikes and pulling a chariot behind for the groceries. So, I mean, it it is leading to more activity. Um, You know, I was holidaying a couple of years ago in Roslyn, BC, and same thing, very hilly community. People can get down to get their groceries, but they can't tote them back up. So they're riding more because of e-bikes. Think about people in rural communities, though, too. They're going, they may have to go longer yeah. distances to get somewhere. It's just not a little bit of a ride down, around the neighborhood. It, it could be a 10 mile ride into the town. That, that's, a, that's a lengthy ride. So maybe the e bike assists there uh, as yes. well. Uh, we're recording this in January. The temperatures will get warmer uh, eventually here <laughs> as we get a little closer to spring. What do you think we're going to see in terms of 2021 as it applies to fitness trends once the weather gets a little warmer? We're really going to see, and I know fitness and trainers, it's, you're already seeing it in the warmer states in California and Arizona, Florida, uh, open air concept gyms. You know, open air concept gyms are going to be huge, open air concept classes. Um, the trainers, you know, in these climates like ours are preparing for a summer of open air activities. Nobody's naive enough to think that people are going to jump back into the classroom so wholeheartedly. So I think they're, you know, looking at uh, running these classes outdoors, whether it be spin classes, whether it be Zumba classes, or whether it be traditional strength classes, you're going to see a lot of open air concept gyms and, and even physical facilities that, that, you know, it might take retooling 
a lot of these um, commercial locations so that you can take the walls and doors off like you see in resorts in Mexico and, and you know, when you're holiday and they've got the walls off and the doors off, if these commercial tenants want to maintain their, their um, locations, you know, some of these landlords might have to retool their gyms to accommodate the tenants. Otherwise they might just be vacant. With, with the shutdown and a lot of gyms closed uh, across the country, we've really seen the refocus, the revamping, the reconstruction of, of the home gym. What have you, what trends have you been seeing in, in that regard, Gary? Well, you know, the home gym, gyms, definitely, I think uh, people have added and complemented their home gyms with tools like you and I have discussed with the Peloton bike. Um, they've given themselves a lot more space. Definitely, you know, you're still seeing an explosion of people trying to buy uh, free weights, trying to buy treadmills, trying to get their hands on bikes. Um, so, you know, that the, the supply chain shortages are making it a challenge. But overall, people are really um, working with what they have. Uh, you're yeah. seeing a growth in body weight exercises. Um, you're seeing a growth in things like TRX again, which we've talked about in the past. Uh, overall, you know, these home gyms are working with what they've got. And the trainers, more importantly, are also learning to work with people uh, who maybe don't have the full-on home gym yet, but are working towards it. And I think in 2021, as supply becomes more available, people will continue to complement their home gyms with what they really, truly want out of them. I, you know, try to find a dumbbell. Like, it's, yeah. you, you can, but it is super, super, super difficult, especially if you're looking for a certain weight. I heard a rumor, yeah. I, I don't know if this is necessarily true, but I heard that uh, Costco had some, in Lethbridge here, had some treadmills delivered, and word got out, spread, people rushed to Costco, I even heard it was, some people were lined up, and yeah. there was a scrap in the, in the, in the alley <laughs> where the treadmills were, people fighting over them. What, what's going that's on? A, that's literally survival of the fittest in that case. <laughs> yeah, uh, no kidding. Uh, the growth of boutique fitness offerings online and small groups has commanded top dollar for s some trainers. Talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, the, it, it seems as though everybody, because the online space is very crowded, uh, every single train, and because the classes can, have, can tend to be smaller now, I think you're seeing, like with anything, you're seeing that the um, trainers are trying to be unique and stand aside and they're catering to unique subsets of, of fitness people. So boutique training, whether that be like, like you say, I mean, whether it be in a rural setting, maybe a trainer will take up, you know, uh, all the tools that you have around the farm and have a group of six or eight people for that and charge a premium because it's, it's what's becoming really evident is gone are the days of 30 and 40 people in a class. And so a lot of the trainers are looking at it going, well, we need to make a little bit more per person and we have to provide a service that's exactly what our clients want. Our clients aren't going to mold to us. We have to mold to the clients. And I think we're seeing that in uh, boutique fitness offerings, in the classes that trainers are offering. They really, really are catering to um you know, to, to the client and the classes are smaller. People are willing to pay a little more to get that service. Self-care and mental health awareness. Also something that has come out of 2020, really, really exploding with a lot of people refocusing on this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, self 
self-care and mental illness, I think it was big even last year when we were talking, there's certain apps out there, you know, the meditation apps, all of those type of things uh, are really growing. But when you look at the stress levels of the economy, you look at the stress levels of 2021 with the pandemic, and you look at, you know, people working from home or teaching their kids from home, um, you know, it's even more important that, that those, uh, the body image and that is less of a factor and mental health and self-care is going to be more of a factor. And that, that goes right down to, you know, um, a lot of the uh, emphasis on mindset training, whether it be just to have the mental focus to keep discipline in your workout routine. Yeah. You know, we all know we're not necessarily um, doing these workouts for any specific event anymore. We're doing it for self-care. My wife bought a new scale and yeah. I, I have a regular scale and it tells, it, it's a good reminder about how I need to work out more. My wife bought this new scale that has an app attached to it that gives you all these data point readouts. So now I have yeah. more data points, Gary, to tell me I need to work out more. It's really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> As if I needed more data points. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So abs are made in the kitchen, so to speak. Yeah. Food boxes. Talk about this. Well, yeah, I mean, food boxes, uh, I'm sure by now, just about everybody listening has uh, ventured in some way into this food box market into um, whether it be just for variety. Obviously, we're not getting out as much to our favorite restaurants. We're not uh, dining in different places. So people are looking for variety and, and food boxes have filled that void. Uh, I think in the upcoming year, um, not only are these food box is going to continue to explode in popularity, but I can certainly start to see a trend towards uh, personalized nutrition. And I can see where they'll be offering. I think it's a logical next step that we're going to not only see food boxes being delivered, but food boxes for your specific nutritional goals um, starting to come out. The way that personal training has catered to our personalized fitness I can see nutrition going the same way where you're working with a nutritionist and the nutritionist is prescribing certain um, food boxes or certain um, delivery services that, that, you know, people will uptake on. I think, you know, it's all about convenience now and we're not spending the same kind of money at a restaurant with the family. So to order in a food box, you know, the cost isn't really that big anymore when it's relative to maybe dining out once in a while, like we used to. Post-recovery protocols and products you predict is going to continue to increase in 2021. I, I saw on Facebook, actually, you, you made a, you splurged on something yes. you've talked about before in terms of post-recovery, not for everybody, yeah. but yeah. Uh, for, for you as somebody that's, you know, doing competitions, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, the, the post-recovery protocols and growth, um, whether it be, we've talked at length of this, so I don't want to go too far into it, but you know, the foam rollers, the, the percussion guns, the, you know, I think again, people are taking available cash that they might've spent in other ways in years prior to 2020. And they're investing in themselves. They're investing in things like compression legs. If you're not going out and getting a massage and working out the soreness at a masseuse, um, you know, you're, you're able to look at it and go, okay, well, a thousand dollar set of 
uh, compression legs isn't that big a deal if I haven't had a massage in 12 months. Um, you know, those type of things. I, I hope uh, in time that, you know, investment in those type of things also ties into people's health plans. You know, these health plans are, are more than willing to spend the money on, you know, X dollars a month allocated to massages and all these things that aren't open. But yet you're kind of out of pocket if you invest in something that you use on a regular basis. Uh, it would always be my hope that the health system becomes more preventative than, than you know, uh, what it is right now. And, and people investing in whether it be these type of recovery tools, you know, should in some form be um, covered, you know, in, in some degree. And, and maybe that's, you know, uh, just a long term pipe dream. But I think it would make a difference. And yeah, it'd be great. I need to just invest in stretching. That that would yes. be a, yeah. I'll, that's a, I think there's probably a lot of people in our audience that uh, they're like me. That that would be the first step to post recovery. Well, let's you know, let's maybe talk about that in a future episode. And there's one more key one that I wanted to talk yeah. a little bit more about is the outdoors. People's investment in outdoors is the single biggest trend that I've seen this year, and it's mind-boggling. I mean, I'm a frequenter to the mountains. And frequently to Nordic skiing and fat biking and these type of things, trail running. But one of the biggest, like outdoors is king. And not just for these classes, just in general, the sheer volume of people on these trail networks and out walking. And, you know, activities such as walking, snowshoeing, Nordic skiing. Um, to see the amount of, of and volume of people that have taken up those activities um, in this past year is remarkable, you know, yeah. uh, and, and the general walk is, is on a huge comeback. I mean, you know, I think more and more people have just gone out walking, which is wonderful. I, I've fallen victim to this. I'm out all the time walking the dog. And this weekend, my wife and I are going to, to Fernie to go snowshoeing. Yes. So yes. there you go. Is, yeah, is it, it's, it, is it, it's is it actually fun, Gary, like snowshoeing that like, well, well, I enjoy it. That's the question I have. You will, you will enjoy it. And I, I think actually, you know, often, I mean, actually snowshoeing is one that I typically haven't taken up to any large degree, you know, being a fat biker and a Nordic skier, if I'm going to invest the time in going to the mountains, I want to do those activities. This year I've been out snowshoeing a couple of times and it is a totally different activity. And I think exposure to those activities is why they're exploding and, you know, things like accessibility on the trails. I think people feel safer on the trails because there's more people out there, mm. um, which is kind of a funny thing. But I think there's comfort in those numbers for a lot of people who aren't super adventurous. There's comfort in going out on these trails and not worrying about a cougar or whatever, um, you know, getting lost, being stranded on the trails. There's so much more volume on the trails that I think people are more comfortable getting out there. Great stuff. Uh, we've been talking about the trends of 2021 when it comes to fitness. Gary, I, thanks a lot for being with me here today and discussing some of these things. Very, very great list. You bet. Sounds good. Thanks, Sean. Okay, everybody, I want to encourage you to go to realagriculture.com, search for Fit Farmer. We've got a great archive of a podcast here dedicated to fitness with myself and Gary Chambers. And encourage your feedback as well. Send me an email, shaney at realagriculture.com 
Or why not uh, call the Real Ag Listener line, 855-776-6147. Cheers, everybody. Join me, Sean Haney, and Gary Chambers as we cover all things fitness. That's the Fit Farmer Podcast, available on realagriculture.com or wherever you get your podcasts.